Welcome to Peter's Podcast, where we talk about real yoga, actual happiness, and deep living. Thanks for joining me. Imagine a paradise of palm trees, rice paddies, beautiful people, beautiful colors, wonderful weather in the middle of February, and yoga to boot. That's the retreat in Bali, February 2020, led by Aino Siren and myself, with special guest Wendy Newton, February 8 through 15. Check out the show notes for a link or see peterfurco.com for more information. Can't wait to go. Can't wait to see you there. Bali. Way better. I've been going to teach and uh, come home kind of beat and sort of cycling. So um, it reminded me of a, a topic that comes up a lot and sort of implied in a lot of questions that I hear. And it's why do things happen to people when they're doing the right thing? When you you think you're doing your best to try to fix things, you like you're eating right, or you're taking care of yourself, or you you work out, you do yoga, things still go wrong in life. And when things are going right in life, you go, oh yeah, yeah, because I'm doing all this good stuff and I'm getting the reward for it. And um, so it's confusing when you're doing the right stuff and you're not getting the reward for it. <clears throat> and so the, the thing is, the nature of our life, the nature of our world, isn't really a kind of um, game like when we, we think of a video game that we're going to win, or we think of a, a movie that we're going to win. And it's interesting to use this um, movie metaphor, or maybe more antiquely, like in opera. I studied opera for a while because I thought maybe I would teach singing as a career at a certain point when my musician career was more prominent. Um, in operas, classically speaking, you have stories that are comedic in nature, um, and then you have stories that are tragic in nature. And you could tell, <laughs> obviously you could tell whether they were comedic or whether they were tragic, but there was kind of a rule. 
and it, the rule of the classical opera was when an opera is a tragedy, it ends in death. And when an opera is a comedy, it ends in marriage. And uh, despite any irony that that second one might give us, uh, it, it sort of implies that there's a prize uh, or there's a negative. But, you know, life is not um, fictional. Life has both of those things in it. It has both comedy and it has tragedy in it. By its nature, our lives are a mixed bag. And everybody's life is this way. You know, whether you're so incredibly successful at what you do, or you just seem to not succeed at all the things you try, there's always the, the sort of up and down within everybody's life. And the hardest thing for us to do um, from within the framework of looking at life's story as the criteria, the hardest thing is you cannot find the, the solution there, right? Even, even if you found happiness, even if you learned to meditate and you gave up uh, meat and you became a vegan and you, uh, you know, wrote a book and it was published and, you know, you got to be on TV and all of these things, there's still going to be stuff that goes in ways that you don't like. And there's still going to be challenges in your life, whether they're physical challenges or they're family challenge or they're a financial challenge or they're an emotional challenge. All ways there is in life ups and downs because we do not control the karma to use the sanskrit word we don't we don't rule the circumstances of life life is this gigantic hurtling big bang of a proposition and each of us finds ourselves in the middle of that gigantic push of energy that is you know, expanding through the universe, expanding in an accelerating fashion, physicists tell us. Which isn't to say that life sucks, because life doesn't suck. It is rather a wondrous drama that has a story in it, but then it also has the potential for us to evolve, to grow, to learn more about who we are, to gain a new perspective on things that lets us transcend the drama. And that is the key that we have to find to unlock a, a, a life that is more meaningful, that is more uh, wonderful, that lets us like the person who goes to the opera, enjoy it, whether it is a tragedy or a comedy. So this key comes from finding a, a route in, finding a way to understand that, and not just understand it intellectually, but to literally experience life 
as that opera goer and then to be able to interpret the drama or the comedy as what it is, a drama or a comedy, a, a, an opera, which literally means a work. Right? The way we do it in yoga is we have a practice that's ongoing, a continuous practice that involves tapas svadhyaya and ishvara pranidhana, that we have a practice that tackles finding the difference between the opera and the person in the chair. And we use different words that, than that in Sanskrit. We use the words the living, which is called lila, the great dance of life, and atman, the opera goer, the consciousness of that lila. And you, you aren't just born into that experience, which I find kind of interesting. There's, a, there's an evolution within one's own life. And it can take one's entire life to have that evolution. Some people come to a kind of an understanding earlier on. Some people come to a kind of a partial understanding earlier on, but their partial understanding evolves. So maybe they get a little bit more of a sense of things when they're younger, but that doesn't mean suddenly their whole life is perfect. It might mean, I thought I understood things, but then I learned more. You know, I got interested in this kind of stuff when I was in my late 20s. And yet I was still fraught with all kinds of challenges for the next, how old am I now? 60 something years old, right? So it's taken all of this time to grow in an ability to come to terms with the nature of things. So you have to accept that Life is the school in which you learn how to deal with life. It's kind of fascinating. You are both the person going to the opera and you're the person in the comedy or the tragedy at the same time. And if you, if you only stay on stage, you're only like thinking you're the character in the show, then you're just uh, involved in, you're just experiencing the drama and the comedy. You have to find the way to remove yourself from that limited perspective of things in order to gain the, the next piece of it, the next component of it, which is, ah, right, I'm also the opera goer, or to use the Sanskrit, I am Atman, I am consciousness itself, and in that consciousness itself, I'm experiencing things in a different way. What that ends up looking like and what, what Tantra yogis say that sometimes is so misinterpreted, sometimes so confused, is that the stuff of life isn't, is, is wondrous, right? So you take something in life like the experience of X, right? Whether it's the experience of 
you know, washing the dishes or it's the experience of sex or it's the experience of meeting someone or it's the experience of the high of something, music, a drug, a wine, a, a, con a, a confrontation even, or a, a bodily function or a walk in the woods. Everything could be a wondrous experience, but it's a wondrous experience because it's an expression of the wholeness of life, the wondrous expression like an artist makes a song or paints a painting or writes a play or crafts a poem. Those expressions of consciousness are what is able for us to experience, able to be perceived when we take on our role as a person in the limited realm. So when you do that, then you're experiencing the lila. But you're, you can be experiencing it either from a place of comedy or tragedy, or you can be experiencing it from the place of, I am part of this great expression. I am great, part of this great expressiveness of Atman. And, you know, it's like, it's tricky to to find the right balance of what does that mean. And I would propose that the way that you find the right balance so that you don't just get caught up in the, the hedonism of it, say, is that you have to have a practice that involves tapas and svadhyaya and ishvara pranidhana, that you have to be kind of clear in your own pursuit of things of when am I straying and just like sort of succumbing to just saying, oh yeah, I can do whatever I want because everything is divine. Because yes, everything is divine from a certain perspective. And everything is also just limited from the perspective where you're only experiencing things as part of the acting of the play. So if you never take the time to gain perspective, you never take the time to step out of the drama, it's very hard to see how the drama is an expression of wholeness or of oneness, that the evil deed, quote unquote, in the play that drives the drama is a necessary component that balances out the other aspects of the drama that lead you to the drama in its whole. Instead, you get stuck in whatever your role is in the drama. So, for instance, we're in, a, um, we're in a political moment right now where there's such a polarity, right? Everyone on one side of that polarity is seeing everyone on the other side of that polarity as evil, as the, in the wrong, as being somehow um, an aberration that should not be. 
And, you know, this isn't in a unique situation. At every time in, in history, in your whatever you do, you're going to be able to encounter that in a, something as simple as, you know, I'm at the store and the person behind the counter is giving me a hard time. The same polarity comes up. You are on your side, that person is on his or her side, and you can accept, it's very easy to come into a situation of that person is wronging me, right? That person is somehow evil, I am good, and now we're going to have to somehow resolve this, right? Whereas the facts always in the world, in the realm of this drama, is that both parties think they're in the right. For some reason, they can come up with, they're just in different actions and from different perspectives. And their positions aren't evil, they're just different. That's the nature of the drama. We are constantly in a situation that is at odds. Otherwise, there would be no action in the universe. The, the sense that there's a difference, some I am me, they are they, there's a motivation that brought them to this moment, the karma, the action of the universe has left them in this position where they are utterly convinced of their rightness in this moment. And on the other side, the other parties, the other people who feel they are different, who have been motivated by their karma, are brought to this moment. And now there is a conflict because they are at odds from the place of having come from a different perspective, having come from different motivations, having been karmically placed in this moment to enact a comedy or a tragedy. I'm hoping to support Peter's podcast, much like a pay-what-you-will yoga class. But there's no box at the front of the door here, so instead, I'm using the digital equivalent. That's why I'm asking you to please support Peter's podcast on patreon.com. Instead of a box, there's a link. It's easy, it's flexible if you want to vary your support, and most of all, it keeps this podcast going. Thank you to everyone who's already a podcast patron. And please check it out if you're not. Thank you. So when we can step outside of the theater, outside of the work, right? And karma, the word, it means action, you know, it's, but, but it's interesting because in yoga practice, there's a kind of yoga that's called work yoga, right? Karma yoga literally means to do your work, to fulfill your karma as a way of being more whole, right? Yoga means whole, yoked together. So karma yoga is to participate in the work, to be in the opera, but to do it 
not for personal gain, not looking for the fruits of this work, but rather I am participating in this work as my contribution to Brahman, my participation in what is, my participation in the expressiveness of the universal forces. And when you do that, the yoga writings say, and I don't always like to quote the yoga writings because it implies a kind of a faith, but the logic of it is here, that when you do that, you're no longer generating more karma. You're no longer creating the cause and effect that's going to keep you stuck in this, oh my God, I'm, I succeeded, yay, or oh my God, I'm in a bad place now. And then, oh my God, if only I could succeed, then I would be happy. Oh, I succeeded. Why am I not happy? I better look further. I better get more. You, in other words, when you look at the work you're doing as getting you something, then you're constantly generating new karma. You're constantly keeping the domino effect going. This will lead to this, which will lead to this, which will lead to this, which will lead to this. And if you do it in one way, it circles off in one direction. If you do it in another way, it circles off in the other direction. And this is where Tantra is so super clear and how you need to interpret the all of the things that I do are okay of karma. It's not that they're okay and that they're good or evil or that they're, they're not going to, they're not uh, right. There's no right or wrong or there's no way I can be wrong. It's that everything you do is going to generate an effect, right? So if you do X, you're going to generate the effects related to X, right? So if you say, you know, sex is great, I'm a tantrika, so I'm going to do tantric sex. You're moving in relationship with the others who are involved in that with you. If you do that in a way that is glorious, then the effects are going to be glorious. If you do it in a way that is your own benefit without concern for the other actor in the, in the act, then you're going to reap the results of that. If you say, I'm going to abstain from sex, then you're going to gain a certain uh, result from that. Maybe the result is you find, oh, it wasn't actually sex that was getting me what I was trying to find, this blissfulness. I can find that in other ways. Maybe you're going to find that you've suppressed something that needed to express itself, and now you're going to have the effects of suppression, right? So it's not the actual things that are the, the, the problem. So in that regard, yeah, it doesn't matter what you do. It matters how, why, what are you gaining? What are you giving up? How are you seeing that thing? And as long as you continue to see it as the work is going to give me the gain, being involved in the works, 
that is what's going to be a challenge in terms of you're just creating more of this domino effect of karma. Whereas if you can find a way to participate that isn't looking for the gain, but is participating in it as an expression of the wholeness, then you get to the potential of giving no further power to these works that you're participating in. Right? So if someone needs something and you do it, you do it out of karma yoga. It's in front of me, so I will do it. Then you don't look for any payback from that. You're not doing it for a reason. It creates the circumstance of unconditional expression. Right? In, our, in our English, we usually call this unconditional love. I'm just being loving. I'm just being kind. I'm just doing this for... And then you fill in the blank. And what you fill in the blank for is really important. If you're just doing it for that is my nature, that is the nature of who we are when we come into life, then you're not generating this next stage of the play that creates challenge and problem and ongoing karma. It's hard as hell to do. And that's why it's like a practice, right? Like sometimes we try to do it and we think we do it, but then we feel resentful that the person didn't recognize what we did, right? So that's like, okay, now I have to work on that. Now that becomes my practice. That's what I have to get clearer about. And then you start to get better at it, you know? And it's okay because that is what everybody is doing in life. That is the purpose of life. So when we see a story, you know, when we see an opera like on the screen or something, when we see a work on the screen, it's like an example. Like, oh, right, look what happened to them. And since we're so built on stories, we can try to remember the story the next time something like that happens in our own lives. We can try to find some resonance with what happened in the past and bring it as a lesson for what's going to happen in the future. What am I going to do the next time that comes up? And then the next time that comes up, maybe you have something. So the stories that we see in our life are a kind of lesson, but the real gem of a way to get understanding and growth is to step outside of the stories, to go into what yogis call meditation, to go into getting distance or space or perspective so that when we encounter the next occurrence of the thing, we've allowed ourselves to be in connection with that part of ourself that is trying to express this whole wholeness. Right? So that we are in the yoga. Hi, Micah. Micah's in the yoga of the moment. To be in connection with the yoga so that when something happens, we can encounter that in the clearest way possible. That we can see 
all of what's going on in this moment and then make a choice based on that that doesn't engross us back in trying to succeed, right? That doesn't engross us in trying to have the win in this circumstance, but rather to be unconditionally loving in what we should be doing in this circumstance. So as we move into these holiday times when you're so busy, I hope you can find perspective. There's a lot of good stuff going on at Ishta. Uh, the next one coming up is Wendy's amazing series on the Yoga Sutras. So I would recommend highly that you go check out because she's talking about what does it look like when you've done this yoga practice. Um, and she'll elaborate on a lot of the stuff I've talked about today. Thank you so much for listening. Please support me on patreon.com so this can work like a pay-what-you-want yoga class where instead of dropping money in a box, you just drop it at patreon.com. I hope you find actual happiness through your yoga practice. Namaste.
هشتر